Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. And happy Valentine's Day to everyone. The day of love that we get to celebrate love. You know what? What better place to be than in God's house? God is love than to celebrate together as his family, the giver of love. It is so good. And whether it's with your family or your spouse or your friends, enjoy celebrating love today. I believe it's there's a great excuse to celebrate. And we are on this series called Immunity, where we're talking about how can we gain immunity, especially when it comes to our relationships. And you've probably heard quite a bit about how to bolster your physical immunity. I brought some, some of my vitamins. Actually, these ones are empty, but because I've been taking them. Uh, isn't that good? Who takes their vitamins every day? Yes? It is a good thing to do because it builds your immunity. There's certain ways that we can do that by, by taking vitamins. By I brought my, my rebounder thanks to a nice friend. She gave me a rebounder for Christmas. Isn't it the best? And this is also another way that you can bolster your immunity. You get movement happening and your movement, it actually makes your lymph system activate and it gets those immune cells firing around your body so you can attack or take care of any viruses that want to attack you. So there's ways physically that we can bolster immunity. And in the same way, there is ways that we can also bolster our immunity when it comes to us in a spiritual sense, in the way that we have spiritual practices that can bolster our immunity. And it really comes in the same way as it does when you think about a workout regime. You have a plan, then you have daily habits, and then you have accountability. So, and it's the same with our spiritual immunity. We have a plan, daily habits, and accountability. And we have been talking a lot about spiritual disciplines, spiritual practices. We've looked at this book called The Common Rule and The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I know I have a couple of friends reading Atomic Habits right now. And there's something about those daily practices, those disciplines that we actually put into practice daily that change the outcome. Isn't that amazing? And it's the daily stuff, sometimes the smallest things that can have and create the biggest difference. Craig Rochelle, he has this quote, and I think it is so good. Discipline is choosing what you want most over what you want now. So those of you in the room, you maybe wanted to stay inside your bed this morning, but you came here. And I say thank you because you chose. It's like, I need to, I need to get something in my spirit today. I need to gather with others this morning. And those of you even watching online, it's like there's a lot of other things that you could watch right now, but you're choosing to engage and say, you know what, I'm here, I'm showing up for church this morning. And I know it gets it gets harder online, I feel like, as the weeks go on. Initially, it was like, oh, this is fun. And then it's like, yeah, I it, it gets hard. So thank you for showing up again today. I admire you for that. And this morning, I'm going to say a phrase over and over again, because I believe it's really important that you walk away with something that's going to play on repeat in your mind. So I'm going to play this on repeat this morning. And it's this statement that God's plan was the first plan, and it's still the best plan. 
He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what he set in motion is meant to continue. Even though culture has changed immensely, even though there's a whole lot going on that's different than even when Jesus walked the planet or when the Old Testament prophets were on the planet, it is still the same plan for us today. And there are all sorts of viruses and things that want to come against us or attack us in regards to our relationships. Has anybody ever felt attacked in their relationships? Yes, I sure have. And when it comes to the topic that I'm really focusing in on today, in, when it, in regards to our purity, we also have threat, get threatened or have attacks on our purity. And I realize when it comes to purity, it's a challenging topic, and there's probably a lot of people who will listen to this or even in this room that maybe don't even agree with what I have to say. So if you agree with me this morning, you can say yes, amen, great. Yeah, you preach that, Jen, because I need to know that you're with me because it's not easy when the culture is so loud and controversial to what God's plan is, his first plan, his best plan, and his still plan for us. But I also believe that if we, if we can get this as individuals and as couples, as families, as a community, as a church, if we, can, if we can get God's idea of purity, I really believe that it can change our world. It can begin to mend what is broken because there are things like sexual exploitation, like sexual abuse, like children who don't have a family, those who are unwanted, unplanned pregnancies, abortions. There's a lot of things that when we actually follow God's best plan for us, that there is a great mending that can happen in our society. And it is so beautiful. So first things first, the plan. I said there's plan, daily habits, accountability. So the plan. God set it out. Genesis 3.24 says, That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Now that is man and woman, and this is a monogamous relationship. So there's no other people in this relationship. There's no other videos or pictures or other, other voices, other objects. This is man and woman together as one. That, that was God's plan from the beginning. That's what he set out for us. And he actually created us so that when our, our bodies actually connect it, it, physically, there's a chemical reaction that happens in your brain that that actually melds you to that person. And that's God's design because he wanted two to become one, one flesh. And that's the way he designed it. And he's just a, such an amazing God that he would create in us an ability to fuse with another individual and to experience pleasure. God actually created us. There's parts of your body that are for nothing else except for pleasure. Good God, he is so amazing. <laughs> It's so outstanding, and, and yet he says, but, but follow my plan so that you can have the beauty and the fruit that comes with it, because I want what's best for you, because God's plan, it was the first plan, and it's still the best plan, and that's for everyone that's single or married in this room. Each one of us are called to this plan, one man for one woman. Now, just to debunk something, you know, soulmates are a well-sold movie, 
and that's great. But when it comes to this idea that, okay, at the creation of time, you were created, and then the other half of you is somewhere else on the planet, and you are just spend your lifetime trying to find them so you can be whole and complete, and you know, you find each other, and then life really begins, <clears throat> that's not true. One, you can be single for your entire life and live out a God-given, fulfilling, purposeful life, and it can be powerful, the ministry that you can carry. So therefore, a soulmate would be a real downer if you're looking to, for that person to complete you, someone to complete you. And I think that's really an important thing to remember, that you actually search and you find, you have godly counsel, you, you have wisdom to find that person and when you do, then it's a choice. It's a daily choice. It's a daily, daily accountability that says, okay, I'm going to choose you. I'm going to choose to love you again today. I'm going to choose to serve you again today. Love is a decision, not a ditch. We choose. We don't oh, fall into it. That's not the way it works, despite what we are sold. So the plan is pretty clear. It's like man and woman. This is a clear plan. So that means it's an easy plan? No, no, surely not. Clear and easy are two very different things. So God's plan, although it was the first plan and it's still the best plan, it can still be such a challenge to work out because he said, okay, here's my master plan. Here's what I'm telling you. This is, this is my best for you. But then there's these loud voices all around us that are telling us that maybe this isn't the best plan. I've actually done some nutritional coaching before and I've set out a plan. It's like if you choose to um, live in this way, you know, make these choices, food choices, uh, activity choices, then you're probably going to feel better mentally. You're going to sleep better. You're going to have better energy. This is going to be awesome. But then putting that plan into action that's the real challenge. That's where it's a lot harder. And there can be a lot of people around you who think your plan is silly. Like, I, why are you following that? That's ridiculous. And I would say it's the same when it comes to our purity. Most of our, our waking hours are spent with voices all sorts of voices of a culture that screams loudly at us that says, you know, in your favorite songs, it's like, oh, you know, it's just, I have to just take off my clothes. He's so hot. I got to do it. We got to do it again and over again and over again. And this is what we listen to all day long. It's like 90% of our waking hours. It's like, and we think, oh, that doesn't affect me. But eventually you are what you eat. You know, you become what you feed on and what you feed grows. And so, so when we listen to and watch, you know, movies where, of course, the one who's not her husband is, is the knight in shining armor and is wonderful and fantastic, but not the deadbeat she lives with. Like, it's, it's never that guy. It's always the other one. Or when you watch, watch shows, you know, Friends with Benefits, it's like there is no type of issue with sleeping with multiple people in the same week, in the same month. And, and the most passionate, fulfilling sex is definitely ones that, one that's outside of marriage, you know, with someone you met last week or that you met last night. That's where it's at. And that's what we're sold. And these are the voices that we listen to. So we have to be careful what we're feeding on because what we feed will grow and it will become the new defining of that plan. But God's plan, it's the first plan and it's still the best plan. It's still the best one for us. And there's beauty on the other side of following that plan. 
And can we trust God? Can we trust the God who designed and created us from head to toe, inside and out, all our functioning and body systems and our, the way our mind works? It's phenomenal. I love biology. And the way that God put us together, you'd think the master, the all-knowing one, might have an idea of what's best with the way that we live and how we work out this plan that he set in motion. And how we do that? is through daily habits. And that's the second part. We have the plan and now we have our daily habits because they have to come into play because what I'm doing daily makes a difference to the way that I will live. And Philippians 4.8 is such a great foundational verse for us. It tells us, let us focus on things that are true and noble and right and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. Think about these things. And in the Amplified Version, uh, the verse right after this one, it says, put these into practice in daily life. So am I living this out daily? Not just once in a while or maybe on Sunday when I feel like I, I need to focus in for an hour or whatever it is, but am I putting this into practice daily? And I'm, am I bringing to attention things that are true, things that are pure, things that are lovely and right? Purity starts with an act of the mind. It is a choice to guard those thoughts, take them captive, and make them obedient to that which is right in Christ. But what do we allow into our minds? 1 Corinthians 6, 12 is so powerful, and it's Paul, and he's saying, I can do anything, but not everything is beneficial. I can do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. So what is mastering us? What is that which is taking over and actually being the desire that, that takes us in another direction, that takes us, takes over in our thought life? Jesus, even when he was on the planet and walked on this earth, he set the standard way higher. In the Old Testament, the, initially it was like, you know, don't commit adultery. Don't, don't sleep with someone else's wife or someone else's husband. Don't do that. But Jesus said, don't even look at a woman or a man lustfully because then you've already committed that sin in, adult, sin in your heart. I don't want you to separate yourself from me by, by losing control of those thoughts, by letting them take over. And put, to put this into kind of a, maybe a visual context for you, there could be the nicest red Ferrari that drives by your front window and you're just like, wow, that's a nice car. And you would notice, we are meant to actually notice things that are beautiful, to be attracted, to be, to, to be captivated by something that's like, oh wow, that is beautiful. But then, when it gets to the point where you're like, I wonder where that red Ferrari lives. I wonder if I could find out where, where they parked that Ferrari. I'd like to look at it again, it was real pretty. Or, I wonder if I could pool all my investments and maybe buy a Ferrari, or at least go for a ride in it. Oh, I love that Ferrari. So that's when you start obsessing and thinking about it over and over. And that's when it becomes something that you're being mastered by. And this is what the scripture says. I will not be mastered by anything. And you don't want to forget that 1927 Ford Falcon that you have in the garage that you have put so much blood, sweat, and tears into for the last years, rebuilding the engine and refurbishing it. That's a beauty that's worth over $2 million. Don't forget about that car just for a ride or a look at the Ferrari. There is 
consequences to our decisions, to our thought life, and aligning our thoughts with that which is pure and lovely and right. And so we need to ask ourselves, how am I thinking? And unlike the culture that says, follow your heart, because in the Bible it says, your heart is deceitful above all things. It's beyond cure. No one can understand it. So maybe you shouldn't follow your heart. It's a bad idea because generally your heart is just your hormones or your, or your desire or your flesh, flesh nature that really needs to be, you know, smacked and told to sit down lots of time. But this takes us to the next part, which is accountability. Better than just asking myself, how am I doing how about having someone else who's going to ask me those questions? Someone else who's going to, going to see, how are you doing? Or asking someone, can you keep me accountable? There's practical ways all over. I mean, there's amazing software, accountability software. There's Covenant Eyes or X3 Watch. There's different things that you can put on your devices so that it can help. Because goodness sakes, there is access to so much, way too much. It is very challenging to say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I can handle this. But when you have something where you have an accountability partner that gets sent and shown what you're Googling, it's a great idea. It can help bolster your immunity. Talk about creating safeguards when it comes to your purity. I'm so thankful that people have come up with those things. So what are we watching or listening to? And sometimes it's not even that bad, but if it's awakening in you a desire that can't be dealt with, you know, in the Bible it says, do not awaken love until it is ready, until it's time. And so if it's awakening something in you that is only, only safe and healthy and pure within the context of marriage, well, then maybe this isn't what I should be watching yet or right now, because I want to be a person who can be real and pure and right before God, that this connection stays open because I am right and I am choosing what is right. And sexual sin is a challenging one because it can make a liar out of any good person. Because we will tell people about our bankruptcy, we will tell people about our challenge in business or our issues with anger or parenting struggles or whatever it is. But when it comes to our sexual mistakes or our desires or our thoughts that are not in a good place, we don't want to tell anyone. We want to remain isolated and hidden. And isolation is, is separation. You know, it's honesty is what builds a relationship and builds a connection. So we need to take those steps to say, I want to be real and I want to be in right relationship. Jesus said, watch and pray so that you do not fall into temptation for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We are so weak as fleshly beings, especially in a culture that doesn't bolster our immunity when it comes to our purity and making wise decisions. Jesus also cannot be your only accountability partner. I think that's really good to remember because there's times where it's like, oh, I don't need to go and seek forgiveness from that person because I've talked to Jesus about it. Well, that's great, but you do realize that what you choose actually does hurt others. And so you need to have those conversations with someone besides Jesus. I mean, Jesus was a three-part person. He was like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So he's the only dude who gets a pass. You don't. You need someone else additionally to Jesus. 
because we want to be in relationship with others. God says flee from sexual immorality. Don't flirt with it. Don't, don't walk slowly with one eye over your shoulder. Run in the other direction. And we create safeguards to make sure that we stick to God's plan is the first plan and it is still his best plan. And we have the plan, daily habits, and accountability. And I think all of these pieces come together when we remember our value. And that's what's powerful. First Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, it talks about how we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We've been given this gift of the Holy Spirit that now dwells in us. So your body is sacred. It is a temple. It is fragile and meant to be treated as such. And you are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. And there are two things that make something valuable. One, it's contents. And two, it's owner. So firstly, you know, my purse, my wallet, it's like, if you want to steal my wallet, great. You can have it, but I want what's inside of it. It is the contents that makes something valuable, is remembering what's on the inside, and that's what you are. So valuable, because if you've welcomed the Holy Spirit into your life, you have that living in you, so you are valuable. And two is its owner. You know, I could be going to a wedding and decide to buy a fancy dress, and it could cost me a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks if it was real fancy. But if I wanted to wear the white dress that Marilyn Monroe wore to sing Happy Birthday, Mr. President, I'd be paying $1.2 million for that dress. And it's because of the owner. The owner is what makes it valuable, and you are not your own. You are actually bought with a very high price. The blood of Jesus is what you are bought with, so you are incredibly valuable, and you must understand that. Now, obviously, in a room, any room, even if I was in a room by myself, you have to ask the question, well, what if I haven't been pure? Is there hope for me? I haven't made the best choices at times. I haven't followed God's perfect plan. Is there hope for me? And my greatest burden today, and when I asked God for a burden for this message, it was the redeeming love of Christ. Because we have to know that no matter what, God is for us. He wants, and he covers, and he protects, and he's called you valuable. And it brought me to the story of Hosea, which is in the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, there were prophets, and they heard these words from God, and they were meant to communicate these words to God's people. And at that time, God's people had been unfaithful again. They were far away from God. And so Hosea was told by God, you need to tell them to come back to me. Tell my children to come back to me. But also, Hosea, I want you to live this out. I want you, my, my, my man, my, though, the, you who are connected to me, pure and holy and right before me, I want you to go marry the town prostitute. That's what God asked of Hosea. And so Hosea goes and he mar marries Gomer. I know it's a terrible name, but Gomer, and, and she's the town prostitute, and he, he has her as his wife, and they have a child together. And then while she is still with him in his home, she has two more children, but they are not his. She continues to be unfaithful, and to the point where she runs back to her life of slavery, and it gets so bad that when Hosea sees her again in town, she begs to return to him 
him, barely recognizable, he, he has to buy back his own wife. He has to spend what he has earned to redeem her. And I can just imagine, you know, like in the practical sense, in, in the real sense of the diseases she would carry or the scars or the nightmares or, or that which she would bring into that connected relationship, it would be so challenging. Yet he says, I will do it, God, because I know what you have done for me. He loves her unconditionally. He rescues her, gives her a safe place, a place of security, a place where she can sleep without fear, and he redeems her story. And that's our God. That's Jesus. That's what he did for each one of us who have not done it perfectly right. He has claimed us back. In Jeremiah, it says, come back to me, you unfaithful children, and I will forgive you for being unfaithful. His plan, it was the first plan, and it's still the best plan, and he wants you in that plan. No matter how far you've went away from that plan, he's calling you back today to that plan, his best plan. And he will not stop until you are completely restored and redeemed because he redeems stories. That's what he does for us. Now, Jared, do you want to come up? Um, I had this vision when I first considered this message, and it was a vision of, of us. You know, we, we have our purity, which is the balloon. Um, and our purity is something that God gives us, yes. And then God puts a protection over us and we live and dwell with him protected and and our purity and he has this perfect plan for us the umbrella of his plan but we seem to you know like sneak out of this plan sometimes where we just feel like oh I just I just have to see this I have to feel this I have to touch this I want to just see it one more time I just want to go there I just want that which I can feel in my body I just want it to be realized I want this desire to be to be felt again. I just want to see it again. And we can get so far away and we feel like we just have, we're so far gone and we're so beyond his plan and beyond his purpose that we're like, well, I'm just going to keep going until we feel like there is no way back. I can't come under his protection again. I can't come under his covering or his perfect plan. But what does God do? He redeems us. He says, you are mine. He says that well, I can do what you could never do for yourself. I rescue that which is unrescuable. I make new that which could never feel new and right. And I make it new and right again. And you know, I, we've had the experience of having stories told to us of people who have decided, yeah, do you wanna take that? Yep. Thank you. You're awesome. <laughs> um, of people who have chosen to return to God's plan, and guess what? They have a healthy, wonderful marriage where they experience sex as a pure individual, like, the, like their first night together was their first night ever. God does that. Only God can do that. And he is good, and he will restore us to his perfect plan, to what he's called us to, and what he's set out for us. And he wants that for each one of us to be completely restored. You know, he saved us not by what we have done, 
but because of his great mercy. For all have sinned and we fall short of God's glory of his perfect plan. And yet we are justified by his grace, set free, covered, protected, renewed because of his goodness, because of his right plan that, that covers all sin. And I have to say as well, <clears throat> I'm sorry for those of you where things have been taken from you. That stealing, from, stealing something from someone that was already plan for someone else and that's evil and that's wrong that's not God's plan but he says I can restore you I can heal you I can give you peace in your mind and just purity in your body so we're going to take a moment this morning because I believe we all need refreshing and renewing in this culture where we're inundated with so much and I just want to pray over you. And I want to encourage you to stand to your feet. And I just want to pray this prayer over you, reminding you that, yes, we come broken. Yes, we come not right. But God covers us and rescue, rescues us and makes us right and new again. You can just close your eyes. And I want you to hear these words and to know that they are his words over you. Jesus, we just come before you right now. We are weak and broken at times. We are uncertain, impure, lustful, impulsive, and yet you take us just as we are. You call us valuable. You restore us. You purify us. You cleanse us, Jesus. You make us new because of the price that you have paid for us, the great price of your sacrifice. It is in you that we are made pure and whole and we need your wholeness right now. We receive your wholeness right now. Restore us. Restore us in right relationship and connection with you, God, by choosing to think on what is right and pure and good and lovely, God. We just recommit our lives to you, Jesus, to align our thoughts with your plan and to trust that your plan is truly the best plan for us, God. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. God is so good, and he doesn't ever want to leave us where we're at. Even if you think you're in a great place right now, he doesn't want to leave you there. He wants to take you from strength to strength. That's the working out of our relationship with Jesus is we're growing. We're getting better. We're becoming more like Christ to reflect him to our world. And that's what he wants, us to reflect his great glory to our world. And so we're gonna pray one more prayer this morning and it's a prayer of those who have not yet said, you know what, I'm actually in God's plan. I wanna be in that plan. I wanna have the best plan for my life because I want what's best for this life. And that is the joy of serving Jesus. And I pray you do not feel um, condemnation this morning. It's about being convicted by his Holy Spirit to bring us in line with him. We love Jesus when we say yes to him. It's like a joy to choose to follow him and walk in obedience. It's not like a, okay, because I have to. It's because I want to. And so for those of you who have not yet said yes to following Jesus in this way, I just want you to pray this prayer with me, with us today as a family. You can repeat these words after me, and we're just going to pray together. Jesus, I want to be made new today. I want your plan 
to lead me in your ways. I need your restoration. I need your healing. I choose today to receive the gift of a new life and a new way in you. I believe you are the Lord and that you have chosen me to reflect you to my world. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.